Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got some football staff changes to talk about. We've kind of hinted at these couple of moves for the last few weeks, but now they've made official. So we'll get into everything involving that, what it means for Wisconsin's uh, future and the coaching staff and the recruiting front. It's nice to see some of these pieces finally get finalized. We'll talk about everything um, from that situation. After that, we'll finish up our depth chart series and talk about the quarterback room. That's the last piece that we've got to get to on that front. And then in the back half of the show, we'll, of course, recap the Badgers' win at Minnesota from yesterday evening. A really nice contest for the Badgers. A great win. Um, Some things really stood out. Of course, you had Johnny Davis got into foul trouble, but the Badgers, despite being shorthanded and in some foul trouble, found a way to win. I think it's another good testament for this team. So we'll get into everything that we took away from that game. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I think this will be a fun episode to talk about. Of course, basketball game yesterday evening was uh, a lot of fun to watch. This team continues to play well uh, despite tough circumstances, and it's nice to see some of this football news uh, finally come to uh, a final ending. I know it's been kind of talked about and whispered about for quite a long time, but now it is officially official for some of these moves, which is nice to see. Of course, the first one that they announced yesterday was the or it would have been two days ago, was the Bob Bostead officially moving off its fly. And we knew that one was already going to happen. We basically talked about that as being official for weeks now. So that's not really anything huge in terms of news, but still good to see him. Still good to see Paul Chris kind of touch on what he's done for the offensive line, the tradition, and how that's still going to be in good hands with him. 
The other move was, of course, Mickey Turner, who we've kind of hinted at it over the, uh, the last couple of weeks. We thought this could be a move that they come down with. Of course, last episode we talked about UW was one over in terms of staff numbers, so there's going to be some corresponding moves, and that is, of course, Mickey Turner now being part of the, I guess, I don't know, did they give him a, an official title? I think they just said recruiting in one of the posts, but he'll be kind of the overseer, similar to what Saeed Khalif was before he took off from Michigan State, will now be that Mickey Turner role, which I think is a great move for Wisconsin on that recruiting front. Uh, he's, of course, been a part of that in his time at Pittsburgh, so I think this move makes a ton of sense. What do you take from it? Yeah, if you go on UW, um, UWBadgers.com, his official title is recruiting. So um, there you go. I, I would assume that he is going to be leading that effort. Um, given his experience, I actually think that this is a really good role. I know we've, like you said, we've talked about this as a possible landing spot for him for a while, just based off of his personality, his ability to connect with young people, uh, his ability to recruit. He he does recruit very well. Um, on the staff. So having him as a guy who's in charge of that. Um, it's funny, right away we saw the the UW recruiting Twitter and Instagram get going back up again um, as well. So I would imagine that Mickey Turner is going to be running that um, too here. But I think this is a good move. Um, I, I think the, the Bostad move, I think, is is probably the, the more important move just because of what it could mean for the entire offense. But like you said, we've touched on that um, at nauseum. But but really, this this move, um, the ability for Paul Chris to keep Mickey Turner involved uh, in the program, I think, was big because you, you wanted to have Bobby Ingram be um, – in control of one of those offensive positions, whether it be tight end or wide receiver. Um, I think it this was probably the move that makes the most sense. But but really, Turner is a guy that has um, experience based on his time at Pitt in a off-the-field role in the recruiting department. So I think this is a, a great fit. And really, I think it, it shows that Paul Christ is willing to maybe – well, not only Paul Christ, but Chris McIntosh are willing to invest some extra money maybe – into recruiting, uh, into the staff, because when you look at it, Bobby Ingram's uh, salary came out, and it's over a million dollars. You now have two coordinators, both over a million dollars, which that's that's not uh, chump change in the Big Ten. Those are two of the the, the more higher-paid coordinators in, in the conference. And then you take a guy who was an assistant coach making – over two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year, and saying, "Okay, he's going to be running our recruiting department." I doubt he's doing that if he's if he's taking a huge pay cut. Um, I know he loves the Badgers, played for the Badgers, been around the program for a long time, uh, followed Paul Christ everywhere he goes. But um, in the end of the day, he's got a family and, and kids. Uh, so I would I would think that Turner is still making a decent amount here, and and it might be indicative of. Paul Chris sees, okay, we've got to invest a little bit more in that recruiting department. I know that there's other um, roles open. Maybe a guy like Jack Sitchi, um, who just retired, would be somebody to watch there based off of the fact that he's been involved with the program here lately too. Yeah, I think it's a great move for Wisconsin, on the, and I'm, I'm really glad that Mickey Turner was willing to kind of make that move as well, and part of that likely goes to – I can't imagine he's taking a pay cut to do it, but he's had history there. But, to, you know, to be an on-the-field coach, I'm sure it takes some, you know, con- convincing and thinking to shift into a new role that's more off the field. But I think Mickey Turner is a great spot for it. Anyone who's ever or talked with him or heard with him or spoke 
um, about him as that he's very, I mean, he is, he's very well spoken. He, I remember this past spring when we were doing interviews uh, before spring and fall camp, he was a guy that you, you could really see that he has the ability to motivate young people and, and really get a fire under them. So I think that works really well in the recruiting department. And, and then, yeah, I think it opens doors and, and kind of finalizes the pieces with Bobby Ingram, of course, heading up now that tight end room. So it makes a ton of sense. We've, we've kind of looked at this puzzle piece all, all offseason long and said, okay, one shift here is going to have to mean another shift there, and it seems like everything's finally coming to fruition. And I'm excited to see uh, what Mickey Turner can do with his recruiting program because, you know, it, it was doing really well under Steve Khalif. It kind of had some hiccups this past year with just kind of patching it together. So to have a new face um, in that recruiting room and kind of have someone to really head that up and, and build it back up to what it was is, is really exciting. I think he's got a um, – uh, the, all the ability in the world to really take on this role and, and run with it and, and have a, a good amount of success. So I'm excited to see what he can do uh, as he moves forward here. Yeah, I mean, Saeed Khalif, when he was uh, there with the Badgers in 2020, um, I guess in 2019 to 2020, he made $100,000 um, based off of the UW database. When you, when you look at Mickey Turner, 263000 So mm-hmm. um, I highly doubt he, he's going ahead and saying, okay, I'm fine with taking one hundred fifty. Um, off the top here, so I'm I'm thinking that this is more of uh, stems more from Wisconsin saying, okay, it, we do need to invest more, and, and I think that kind of some of the shortcomings, I th- I think Wisconsin's class this past year has some really nice pieces, but I do think that in a perfect world they would have hit on a couple more higher end targets, and given how much um, the transfer portal has become. Uh, a major thing, as well as NIL, I think you need to have a more robust recruiting department just to kind of have people to to kind of look things over and and keep on top of everything. So I think this is a great move. You've got a guy who knows football, played football, and and knows the program well running that department. So overall, I think that's about as perfect of a fit as you could have asked for um, if you're the Badgers. Um, Now it's going to be a matter of, how does the offense kind of reinvent itself with with the new um, coaching staff involved? Because I think you're you're moving one of your better uh, assistants to an off the field role. You, you've got to be able to make the necessary changes to turn this offense around based off of those movements. Yeah, it certainly would be something to watch for. How this all the whole offense kind of changed. Of course, you got a new offensive coordinator, Bobby Ingram, now going to be taking over like the, the tight ends room as well. So. A lot of moving pieces once again, but we'll see how it affects things on the field. I think that's, of course, the all these offensive changes. There's definitely going to be a new look um, on the offensive side of the ball, which is exciting. You know, that's, that's something to certainly be excited about. The past few years, the offense, is, as, as we've talked about, kind of felt stale. We'll see how some of these new changes affect uh, what this group can do on the offensive side of the football because these hirings and moves, I think, are all great. But until we see the impact on the field, we won't know the true long-term uh, effect of something like this. All right, up next in terms of news, I don't know, we talked about a little bit, we mentioned Jack Sitchie here, but of course he retired. That could be part of the recent job posting UW put up about a recruiting assistant. He could kind of be in the mix for that, but nothing major there. We also had um, some other, um, you know, some pro, semi-pro USF, USFL signings for some badgers, Garrett Groshek, a couple other guys, uh, 
ink some new deals, Chris Orr ink some new deals on that. Uh, nothing crazy on that front. And then, of course, we'll get into the um, the quarterback room and the depth chart talk for there. Anything else you want to hit on news-wise before we're going to shift into that quarterback room discussion? No, I think that's good. But, I mean, it is fun to see a guy like John Dietzen, um, Olive Songapalu um, also get a shot um, because I, I know that this is that's a big opportunity for them. Um, and I think the fascinating piece is going to be Chris Orr. Does he make that move? Um, I, I'm assuming he, he was drafted. Uh, so I would think that he has interest in, in continuing to play football, but he also has a player development role with the Badgers right now. Does he stick around for that? Uh, um, I, I think that's going to be something to watch just be, because Paul Chris was very adamant about getting him on the staff in some way, shape, or form or in the program some way to help to help the team. Um, but but in the end, I, I would assume his dreams still align very much so with playing in the NFL if possible. Yeah, that'll be certainly an interesting situation to watch for, you know, these these other NFL or other football leagues trying to, to get launched. It's interesting to see who, which, which players leave their current jobs to kind of go get um, something like that. So we'll certainly keep an eye on any sort of changes that come from that way. But in terms of news, obviously the Mickey Turner and, and Bob Oso stuff is the big official stuff. So now we'll shift into our quarterback discussion. Uh, of course, this past year, you look at it, we, we always kind of start with looking back at the past year. And, and for Graham Mertz, really – uh, a down year for him, a disappointing year for him once again coming off of, uh, you know, you had that Illinois game, which still sits in a lot of people's minds, but then after that, it's been a much bigger body of work. It's kind of been a disappointment for him, and I think he'd be the first to admit it. But I would say, while it was an overall down year, there were some moments, once again, with Graham Mertz where you saw the potential there. They just need to find a way to kind of adjust this offense to make it work for him and, and be a little bit improved, but overall, what did you take away from the quarterback play this past year, and specifically Graham Mertz, because he was the guy <laughs> under center for 99% of the snaps? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think really overall, the the passing game was really bad. Like, I, I and part of that goes to Graham Mertz. Some of that goes to um, the the weapons around him, the offensive line early on, dealing with some injuries and, and everything, but but really, you look at it, and I think folks really wanted to see a little bit more development from Graham Mertz to kind of make that jump from uh, his redshirt freshman year where you, in the shortened COVID season, you saw flashes. You mentioned that that uh, Illinois game with the, the touchdowns. From there, after that, it was kind of similar to what we saw this year, though. It was very much the same. Um, I mean, you, you removed that Illinois game and the passing percentage – the uh, yards per attempt, the quarterback rating, everything, it, uh, touchdown to interception ratio, pretty similar. Um, and, but I, I think the biggest thing is that we, we saw that Wisconsin still struggled with being able to push the ball down the field. We didn't see a lot of big plays. You didn't see that in Wisconsin's passing game, and there wasn't consistency. There was still – Graham Mertz has all the talents in the world. We've, we've seen that, where there's glimpses where you see throws that you're like, oh, my God, like that, that is like a big time. That is an NFL-level throw. But then there's also times when it's not even close, and, and that's, that's where the inconsistency pops up and where the frustration kind of bubbles up for, for fans. Um, we, we've seen, though, that when Wisconsin's at their best, he, the passing game is the secondary option. Um, when Wisconsin went on their winning streak, 
they did not rely on the right arm of Graham Mertz. Instead, it was the running game that kind of got them going, and then Graham Mertz could play complementary football, take advantage of play action. Hopefully, Wisconsin can get him into that because he is better in play action settings. That was something that definitely showed up. He also was better on intermediate routes, slants. Um, he still has the propensity to look either right or middle. There's not as much going to the left. I, I know um, that was something that Bill Connolly pu- uh, pushed out before the season, and that trend continued uh, when you look at statistics. But um, I, I do think that there's plenty of talent there, um, and you want to see him take a jump because there, we both kind of thought that he would take a nice step last year, but it didn't necessarily happen. I, I think there are areas of his game that got better, but – not enough to make a sizable impact um, in a way that really made it differentiate his his redshirt freshman year from his sophomore year, and that was a big reason that the passing game struggled, um, in addition to the offensive line and, and some of the weapons not necessarily having, uh, having the years that they would have hoped for. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, I think – I think the, you've got to look at the offense situation and, and give fair blame to everyone. Graham Mertz certainly deserves a, a large chunk of it. The offensive line struggled as well. It all you know, is a cohesive unit. So you can't sit here and say Graham Mertz was the only problem with this offense. He's got to play better. But certainly there were situations that were sometimes not necessarily all his fault. And I want to sound like an apologist. I know he needs to be better. And he certainly would be the first to probably admit it. And and there certainly were times. I mean, you look at it. I think back to there was a couple throws this past year that stood out. Those two in the second or first half, second quarter against Michigan, you saw the potential there. I know there was a couple throws. There was one uh, in that Arizona State game in the bowl where it just really was you know him rolling out and, and made a really tough throw that people were talking about all over Twitter and will be talking about all offseason. So we know the raw tools are there. And certainly we saw it really, I think, got better when you had Braylon Allen to run off of. But he's still got to be a guy that you can turn to as uh, as and feel confident about in the passing game. And right now, that's not the case. I mean, you talked about it over that win streak. You 19 passing attempts against uh, Illinois, 15 against Army, 8 against Purdue. And they were, they were winning these games, but they really weren't relying uh, on the passing game at all. And you certainly want Wisconsin to be able to have that dual threat sort of offense. Braylon Allen's going to be the guy that you're going to turn a hand off to, and that's going to be your main point of, of offense all next season. Hopefully, you know, hopefully everything goes good and he's still the Braylon Allen that we expect him to be. But Graham Mertz being able to throw off of that is going to be a huge possible um, thing for this offense, that it's got to be better because I think when they have that dual threat, when they have that play-action threat in the back of their pocket and they can actually hit on some of those throws and feel confident about it, this offense goes to a different level. And that's what they need to get back to in terms of finding that balance, finding that productivity from the quarterback room and, and getting you know the ball to some of these key receivers that you're going to have. Of course, this past year you had good targets. It didn't really you know wind up being what you wanted from the offense. So there's certainly improvements that need to be made. But it's going to start with the quarterback room and getting him some more confidence and getting him to play better because he's going to be, you know, whether you like it or not, he's going to be a huge piece of this offense because behind him, I just don't see a situation where there's guys ready uh, to take a step up and, and make that jump. Yeah, I think that was one of the other big storylines that kind of came about this year was the lack of depth at quarterback. Like there, there was not a comfortability by the staff to go to a guy like Chase Wolf, to go to a guy like Danny Vandenmoon. They they had multiple bodies in the quarterback room. I, I think it would have been unfair to throw Deacon Hill out there. Um, 
so early, but but really they, to not have a backup that you felt comfortable with with in in a situation where one Graham Mertz was to go down or two to just give Graham Mertz uh, a chance to come off the field, talk to him, get him readjusted here. Um, I, I think that was that was a big part of continued struggles, um, and and kind of falls on the staff for their development. And and Paul Chris took this room over going into last year. I think his second year with Graham Mertz um, tutoring him here, you'd hope that there's going to be a big step because I think they, they this offense needs that if they want to be in a, a good spot going forward. Um, I, I think part of it is also the offense just kind of got a little stale. Um, and for whatever reason, um, whether it had to do with, with um, quarterback play, offensive line, um, the wide receivers. I, I, I do think that the the one person I don't think you can put blame on is Jake Ferguson. Um, but really, I, I think that the fact that Paul Christ identified, hey, we need to make changes not only on the offensive line, we need to bring in somebody else to, to bring in some new ideas to the offensive coordinator position, I think speaks volumes to what they're hoping to do, hoping to change, and that they see that change is necessary because this offense – they they were almost dead last in passing offense, and that's not going to get it done when you when you're going up against teams that you're going to have to throw the ball against. When Wisconsin had to throw the ball, they lost. You look at it, 37 attempts Penn State, they lost. 41 attempts against Notre Dame, they lost. Michigan, Graham Mertz was on pace to throw 30 attempts, and that was probably one of his better games. Though he still threw about 50% completion percentage, he made a nice some nice throws later in that half before he got um, bounced out with the injury. Minnesota, 38 attempts, they lost. Every other game they were able to keep his attempts under 25. They won them. So I, I think Wisconsin is going to want to throw a little bit more next year. I think it makes sense considering that Graham Mertz is going to be his fourth year in the program. You've got to hope that you can throw the ball a little bit more, get some of these young wide receivers going. But but really, it, it's it, this is a big offseason for Mertz um, as well as Paul Christ and the staff to kind of get right and get back to being able to have some semblance of balance where teams can't just load the box and let Braylon Allen play hero ball, um, breaking tackles. Yeah, I think that's a super important situation that they're going to have to try and revitalize. Of course, you know, once again, the the depth behind them likely isn't there. So it's going to be Graham Mertz for better or for worse. You hope that he could come in and, and really get this new offense, pick it up quickly, and, and have some developments in, in his career because it's, it's, it's beyond time uh, for him to really – start to see that progression into the quarterback that you thought he was going to be. And maybe it was it certainly was a situation where he was overhyped early in his recruitment. We all have talked about that for a long time. But there's still the ability in there and in the raw tools there to get um, some solid, productive football out of him as he moves forward here. So certainly we hope that he can kind of pick up this offense and, and get ready to go because it's, it's kind of sink or swim time. It's maybe beyond sink or swim time for Graham Mertz, but – He's going to be the guy under center for, for better or for worse. You hope that uh, it's it trends more towards the better under this new offense. It's going to be a lot of changes, but Graham Merch is still going to be a big piece that you're you're hoping to take that next jump up. He's he's rocking a beard now, so maybe that's all that <laughs> needed to happen was he needed to get rid of the baby face and, and throw a beard on there. And uh, we'll see. Like I said, big off season. This spring will, will tell us a good amount, not only about the weapons around him, but maybe what the offense, how the offense, offense might look a little different um, at times. 
All right, guys, that wraps up our football discussion. Now we'll go ahead and get into some basketball. But before we do that, I've got to talk to you about homefieldapparel.com. Right now, Homefield Apparel is running a friends and family sale, 30% off over 200 products. There's a specific link that you'll go on to their site and check that out. That runs through the end of the day today. There is some Wisconsin gear as part of that, so make sure to go over and check that out. It's very easy to find. You can filter it by the school for T-shirt or sweatshirt, et cetera. There's no code needed for the sale, so you'll just go. If you see some Wisconsin gear on there, add it to your cart. There's, there's The 30% off will be added to it, and uh, you can go ahead and check out there, and you'd be all set. There's some other great schools on there as well. Oh, I believe over 300, over 200 products on that uh, sale, so plenty to look at. I think on their site, as I'm looking here, over actually 300 on their site, so plenty of uh, cool stuff to look at if you're looking to kind of stock up and, and get a nice discount there as well. They are still in part of Big New Season, Big New Saturday Season 3. Um, they've launched quite a few schools, most recently Illinois, Villanova. If you're somehow a fan or have friends and family that are part of the, those fan bases, go check that out. They've got a couple schools left as well, and then they'll have some exciting stuff as they roll into the NCAA tournament as well. So make sure to go over, check that out. Pick up some Badger gear on sale at homefieldapparel.com. All right, we've talked some football. Now let's go ahead and get into some basketball, of course, for the Badgers. A nice win uh, yesterday evening, really a a altogether team win when you look at it. Johnny Davis, of course, um, was in foul trouble. The bench was short, so you had to go to Jordan Davis. was a lot. I think you looked at Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell, great games from them. Everyone kind of had to step up and, and in a different role, and you still were coming off of the Jawan Howard incident. You wonder how that would affect this team, but they still found a way to win, and it was a really nice win for the Badgers to keep refocused and now get ready for Rutgers as they turn the page for the next game. But to focus on Minnesota, what kind of stood out for you for the Badgers in this contest? Yeah, once again, this team just continues to find a way to win, and um, – it doesn't matter what type of game it is. They they just find a way. Um, and, and once again, win another close game. Only won by a, a single point here. But like you mentioned, team effort and their ability to overcome adversity. You, you mentioned there was a lot of things going against them in this game. They're on the road. They're down two of their reserve guards. I mean, you had Brad Davison playing backup point guard at times. He he played led the team with 35 minutes or 36 minutes. Hepburn 35 minutes. So you had your 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 two guys who were playing the point really playing a ton of minutes and, and kind of pushing that. Um, but in addition to that, you you mentioned the the whole kerfuffle that had that happened in. Uh, Madison against Michigan with the handshake line. You had suspensions. You had all everything kind of interwoven with that and the emotional toll that that took. Um, and it, they didn't skip a beat. They still figured out a, a way to, to go into the barn and get a victory. Um, I was really impressed by the Badger bigs. I thought that they dictated the game. Um, Wisconsin's defense was not great. Um, throughout the game, they had a nice stretch there midway in the second half where they think they kind of turned it around a little. But Wisconsin struggled with turnovers. They had 12. Um, that is their second most they've had all year. Um, but really, their ability to go into the paint. They outscored Minnesota 36-20 to in the paint. They out-rebounded them, um, doubled them up 38-19, to including 10 offensive boards. Uh, that was your story. It was Wisconsin's inside kind of made the difference. And it was funny because both guys, both their starters, uh, really their their top top three of four 
from the from uh, their front court are all from Minnesota. They're all Minnesota natives. Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, both having big games. Wall with the offensive boards, he had a double double, twelve and ten. But but Crowell dropping twenty on seven of nine shooting, seven rebounds. That was his best game of the year in my eyes, and it was and it came at a big time when they needed him. So they both dealt with some foul trouble, but but this was a game where you saw the Badger bigs kind of take a step up and say, we're going to win this one for you, even as Brad Davidson struggled from three um, and and they were a little shorthanded. I thought the Badger bigs came to play, and that was the difference in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Those two were, were phenomenal. I mean, you look at even down the stretch of that, at the end of that game, that uh, that you know, down, it must have been the last couple minutes, um, that back down shot, Kiss off the glass from Stephen Crowell. I looked at that and said, man, this kid has really progressed from early in the season, being a, a guy that all of a sudden, he had, you know, early in the year he had the ball and he was trying to just look to get rid of it, distribute it elsewhere. He's turned into a guy that is really strong and confident down in the post. You saw that last night. I mean, Tyler Wall, all season long, he's had some hiccups. He's had some struggle games. But for the most part, he's been a consistent um, piece for this team and, and really – done a good job you expect that from him but for Steven Crowell to continue to come up and hit big shots grab big rebounds and Wall just to kind of do it all on the defensive end as well as uh, distributing the basketball that's huge for this team because you're looking at down the the latter portions of that game you didn't have Johnny Davis he was in foul trouble throughout the course of the second half so you were looking for someone else to step up when Brad Davison was struggling and both of those guys uh, really did, and, and all of a sudden you're looking at a starting five that certainly Davis and Davison are going to be the guys you go through. But these other guys are are contributing at a very high level, and it makes it uh, to be you know you look at last game you had multiple starters and double figures, and now you've got these this game the the bigs really playing well. So this group is clicking right now, and as as these bigs continue to cr- progress and play well, it makes this team you know so much more dangerous. Especially when you look at you know Stephen Crowell is a guy that can can play inside but also stretch the floor and knock down some shots. It's exciting to see uh, the progression that he's taken over the course of this season. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Tyler Wall continues to kind of transform himself into a slighter Ethan Happ, uh, where still not tremendous at the free throw line, can't hit a three-pointer, but he's got a really nice assortment of moves around the rim, um, and 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 he's he's been able to kind of stuff the stat sheet doing a lot of little things to, to make a difference uh, and and really he's had games where he's popped on the um, and the interior scoring wise too but Stephen Crowell his 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 ability to play aggressive in this game I thought mm-hmm. really stood out we've seen him um, at times look the part and, and be able to to put together some nice moves inside but he's still kind of shied away at, and and kind of he was averaging about five shots a game. This game, nine shot attempts. He, you saw him being deliberate, understanding that hey, I've got mismatches inside. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can guard me. I've got a couple inches, um, and, and that was fun to see. Um, and, and so, hopefully, he can continue to do that. That's something that we've talked about. Um, now, his shot attempts have ramped up as of late. Seven, seven against seven shot attempts against Indiana. Seven against Michigan. But but nine is, I think, about the perfect number, maybe even more at times for him. Um, I, I think he is a guy that can really give them a lift, and his offensive game has, has grown. The other guy who I think really might have earned himself some minutes going forward, forward is, is Jordan Davis, who, who I, I, in, in a lot of ways outperformed his brother um, and, and played a, a huge role in this game. Uh, seven points, two rebounds, two assists. 
um, in 20 minutes, uh, a season high for him. But hit that big three-pointer um, and, and did a lot of little things. He got a hand on that ball late to, to help it um, go out of bounds. I, I just think when Wisconsin needed some help from him, this was a game you, you figured he would probably need to, to give you something. He was able to come in and he didn't turn the ball over. He looked he looked the part. He he really um, held up his his own there. Played some good defense. He gave you some nice minutes off the bench, and, and that was gigantic for this team because without him, they don't really have any other guards that they could have turned to here. Um, Wisconsin only went three deep off the bench, um, and and really Davis. I think beyond the two bigs, I think. Um, Jordan Davis was the story, and um, you know you had Brad Davison struggling at times in this game, but but the fact that Davis stepped up kind of gave you enough to help this team get a win, and um, I, I think that that's got to be a big shot in the arm for him going forward too. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at him; he came in a situation where he he was going to be a guy that was likely going to get some minutes, and he came in and, and didn't play scared. You know, he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities throughout the course of the year, but when he got a shot, he was ready to take it. And now we'll see if that, you know, plays into more minutes for him. I mean, Wisconsin right now is, is looking for – I know we've talked about they're playing really well, they're, they're having success, and they're winning these games, and that's always great and dandy. But over the course of even the winning streaks you've talked about, you haven't got a ton from the bench overall. So they're still looking for bodies in there as you get into, you know, you're almost to March now. You're going to be getting into the Big Ten tournament. You're going to be getting into the NCAA tournament. If now is going to be a time where you earn some trust and get yourself into the rotation, it's going to start really right now. And, and I think Jordan Davis really <laughs> stepped up and showed, hey, Greg Gard, if you need someone, if you need minutes off the bench here, I'm a guy that, that you can turn to, which is great to see. Another body, if you can feel confident in, would certainly be good for him. And, and you know, Jordan Davis, of course, really – Played well defensively, knocked on some shots. He's kind of been in the shadow of Johnny Davis all season long, but he, when he got a shot, he stepped up, and that was a huge momentum boost for this team. So hopefully he can continue that uh, and play well. We'll see how many minutes he gets as they move forward here. But to have another bench body potentially to go to is, is huge, especially when you've got, you know, if there's a situation where um, you've got um, Davis or Davison that get into foul trouble, maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable beyond a guy like Lauren Bowman to go to a guy like Jordan Davis. So certainly a huge moment for him. I think that was a really nice piece to see. And, yeah, as you mentioned, that's probably outside of the bigs playing really well. That's the uh, that's the big storyline and takeaway from this game. And, and, and that's huge for this team as they move forward and kind of a nice uh, momentum boost for him as he looks to really get his career off the ground and start it. He's got plenty of talent as well. We just haven't seen as many opportunities for Jordan as we have, of course, seen for Johnny. Yeah, and I think it's it's going to be interesting to see what um, Greg Gard does now going forward because Bowman is coming off off of the illness, so we'll see if he's good to go here um, next game. But you also have Jacoby Neath coming back after the the one game suspension. So how does Neath and Davis play very similar positions and diff, similar roles? They're very different players in in terms of their game, but but really. I wonder about what Greg Gard's going to do because I think both players have earned minutes. Both players have shown that, hey, they can give you some good stuff. I mean, let's not forget, Jacoby Neath, before he, that punch was thrown, had a really good game against Michigan. Um, in 12 minutes, he had six points, went to, got to the free throw line and, and took advantage there. So 
does he continue to kind of dominate those extra minutes? You know, it's not going to be a ton, but there's still about, you know, anywhere between 8 to 15 minutes up for grabs when you've got to give um, your, your wings a break. So does he continue to hold that, or maybe does Jordan Davis kind of chip into that and do they share, you know, go into a timeshare here? I think that's going to be something fun to watch because you've got all of next season still to to look forward to as well. And when you're not going to have Johnny and and you you've seen some nice development by a lot of these guys that are going to be back next year, which is exciting. But those two players are going to both have a big role on next year's team. And I think that as the season goes on, if you can some find a way to get them in a little bit more um, and, and just kind of give them opportunities to kind of flash. I, I think it would be big for this team and, and give them a, 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 a something off the bench because we haven't necessarily seen it consistently that they've had some um, some uh, some minutes. And I think they both at this point have deserved it. Absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch how this rotation possibly changes and how this team moves forward with in terms of minutes because that's certainly a huge factor. You're focused on this year, but next year has always got to be in the back of a coaching staff's mind and to see and and give some of these guys some opportunities would, would certainly be, um, I think, beneficial, as you said, to move forward here with this team. Um, of course, getting ready for their next contest Saturday against Rutgers. Before we kind of put a bow on this Minnesota game, anything else really stand out to you? Or otherwise, just kind of a good win, shorthanded, found a way to win in a tough environment. 13-1 and one now in, in games that with under six, six points or less is um, really impressive, um, speaks volumes to the, the job that Greg Gard has done um, in making adjustments, helping this team um, in, in late-game situations. But it does help to have a guy like Johnny Davis who, when they've needed it, has been able to come up with it. It was fun to see the other guys really kind of take over and understand that, hey, he's, he's off the court. We've got to be able to kind of um, bring it together and still get this victory. They did it, and um, big win. I mean, this was one of the more impressive ones just because of the fact that the last 235, Johnny Davis was off the court, and when they needed buckets, it came from um, players that stepped up, and, and that was fun to see. Yeah, and, and really when you talk about it, one that Wisconsin really couldn't afford to the drop as you move forward here. You've got some tough games. You're going to be going to the rack against Rutgers on Saturday. Then you've got, you've got Purdue back at, at home for a huge game on Tuesday night. Then you finish out the, the regular season with Nebraska, which should be a victory for you. So as you're looking at the Big Ten standings and how that started to take shape, you wanted to keep pace in in that run, and right now you're in a good spot where Tuesday's going to be, you know, you talk about this Purdue-Wisconsin game, that's likely going to be a, a game that could very well decide the, the Big Ten regular season title. So huge implications for the Badgers to pick up a win there, and certainly a, a fun race that we'll see over the last course, or over the course of this last a uh, couple weeks here, you've got a big one that you've got to take care of on Saturday, and that could set up a massive contest with Purdue uh, on Tuesday Tuesday evening. Uh, I believe it's a later game in that one at the Kohl Center, which should be a fun environment for that one as well. All right, guys, that wraps up everything in terms of the basketball discussion. So that puts a wrap and a bow on the entire podcast, our latest episode. We'll be back with you next week, of course, to recap the Rutgers contest. Hopefully the Badgers can pick up another big win uh, on the road there, a tough (laughs) tough environment. And then, of course, we'll get you ready for that Tuesday contest as well. Thank you for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.